Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. You're a dummy and so are you. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. It feels like you should be like eating popsicles by the pool. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I had set up the silly thing that we were fighting about. It was not a fight worth having. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. This is on you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about dropping the rope. Dropping the rope. But first, mailbag. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait, wait yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Oh, Amy, you're genius. Hit me. Okay, so Mariah wrote in to say, Hey, I'm a longtime listener with a six-year-old son. I think I started listening when he was two. Whatever the case, I am listening to your discussion regarding pets. I cannot continue without contacting you, Mariah says. <laughs> I love this. She's coming in hot. Rats are amazing pets, says Mariah. This is not me talking. Oh, how dare you? I'm sorry. I'm getting off this call right now. How <laughs> dare you, people? Mariah convinced her mom, she says, to let me adopt our school pet rat when I was in fourth grade. My mom was not super keen on the idea, but the rat was amazing. Rats are very smart, Mariah says. Oh, Mariah, if my kid hears this, I will never forgive you. Oh my God, don't, yeah. My rat Sheldon learned to come when I called her. She knew my voice. She would snuggle with me. (laughs) (laughs) And some don't hate on the rats. Margaret, maybe give your daughter a chance. What do you think? Mariah. It's a hard no. I love you. Thank you for being a longtime listener. Four years of dedication. But I have to say, Mariah, tell your story walking, as my sister used to say, (laughs) because we are not getting a rat. I want to say that 95% of the rat feedback, which you did not cite in the mailbag, was negative. The headline is that rats smell horrible. Mariah does not talk about the smell of her rat. I mean, she and her rat apparently were like besties. They were probably taking bubble baths together. But I am not getting a rat. I am not. Listen to me now and believe me later. I am not getting a rat. My child is not getting a rat. Yes, she did give me a multi-page written PowerPoint presentation about why she deserves a rat. But no, it's a no to the rat. And what about a turtle? No, no. She doesn't want a turtle. I mean, she's not asking for a turtle. I don't want a turtle. Turtles are so easy, and then you own them for 40 years, but you don't own a... Like, they're not long-lived rats. Turtles. Guess what we can do? Go outside and look at a turtle. We have turtles in our yard. 
You could probably have my sister's. No, I refuse. I mean, he's at least 40, so. <laughs> How dare you all? I am an immovable force. Like, stop coming at me with what would make a good pet. We have one cat who we got because it did what, Amy? Killed rats. No offense, Mariah, but that's why we all have a pet, because we had rats, city rats living in our house in Los Angeles, and... I don't want a rat. There's a, we are New Yorkers. We go to the Bronx Zoo and there's a place called the Mouse House in the Bronx Zoo. I've been in the Bronx Zoo. I've never been in the Mouse House. Imagine that. I haven't made that part of my day. I will not go in the, if I go in the Mouse House, as I used to have to when my kids were little, I was skeeved for the rest of the day. I had like terror chills down my spine for the rest of, just the way a rat moves, its beady eyes, its gross tail. I mean, you do you. If you want rats and you love rats. You heard it here, folks. I want to say, I can't even watch the movie Ratatouille. Like, I don't like rats. Guys, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop the rope on this. This is a fight that I'm uh, I'm not going to have with Margaret anymore because it's not useful. You're going to let it go. I don't believe you, but I like that you're trying to tie in our theme, but you will not be letting this go. I mean, I don't even want, if I wanted you to have a rat, I might feel differently, but like I can only applaud your good judgment yeah, on this one. I don't want a rat. I don't want a rat. And I'm glad Mariah has a love for her rat. Good on Mariah's mom for letting her have a pet that she loved. I mean, let's not bring the moms into this, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to concentrate on Mariah and her relationship with her rat. I don't want a rat in my home. I'm sorry to everyone who is a rat lover. Yeah, okay. No rats. All right. What does dropping the rope mean, Amy? This was your topic suggestion. This comes from a school of therapy called Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, ACT. We've actually had, I'll have to find the link and put it in the show notes. I know we've had at least one expert along the way that talked a lot about ACT. I'll find it. I'll find it later, guys, and I'll put it in the show notes. It's a, like a method of working on yourself and here's, I think, the sort of daylight that comes between if you're dropping a rope, that means you were holding it. It's different than say, like, I don't care what my kids wear to school. That's only dropping the rope if you used to deeply care about what your kids were to school. You see what I'm saying? This is a change in your approach, which in the therapeutical sense, they're meaning that like during a fight, during a conflict you've had with your partner or your kid or whatever, 1,000 times, the tug of war is happening. What if you drop the rope? It isn't, ah, I don't really care about this thing. And I never did. That's not dropping the rope. Dropping the rope is, Got it. I deeply care about this. I've had this fight 100 times and I'm going to catch myself in the moment and I'm going to change my reaction in the moment and walk away. I'm going to try walking away from the conflict and seeing what happens as a different a new approach. Even though you care, it's caring and doing it anyway. It's not, I, I never cared about this stuff. Yeah, I think as I move into the tween years, as a parent of youngsters, I was never pick up the rope on a lot of things, right? Like, I don't really care what they wear. I don't really care what they this. I don't really care if they wear shorts. They can be cold. I don't care. But I'm finding as I have tweens that the idea of dropping the rope is a totally different thing. And I'm going to give you an example from this very morning. All right. In the last month of school, it's a difficult time. Everyone's kind of done by June 1st and our schools go until the end of June almost. I mean, we're just out June 24th. It's so weird because we, we, we have listeners who's like kids have been out for like a month already probably. And then my kids, cousins in Texas get out like early May, very early May. And before Memorial Day and we go 
all the way into June. All this to say June is just a tough month. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like summer. It feels like you should be like eating popsicles by the pool and instead you're taking finals. And it's not, it was a tough time at our house. And I was getting, especially with one of my kids, into a morning fight. We don't allow screens in the morning. But what happened, May and June, the screens just crept back in. And I didn't feel like fighting it because I was over it. So wait, why May and June are screens creeping back in when they're still in school? I can see it more doing happening when school is out. No, because I just, I, I'm over the whole year. By about the end of, by Memorial Day, I'm like, I don't have the fight left in me. And I see. You know, we had a big, like in January, when we get back to school, there will be no more screens in the morning. They get in our way and we understand the problem. I see. And then I don't know what happened. Then it became, let me check my texts. And then the next thing you know, everyone's watching YouTube videos, YouTube shorts in the morning. And then we're fighting back against the screens. And so I basically was having with one of my kids a fight every single morning that was escalating into like full tween yelling, door slamming about, you know, how awful every aspect of life was, especially his parents. And I got to a point where my husband and I just started saying, and we do have to drive to school because our schools are not walking distance here and there's no busing. And so I just finally got to a point and I said, here's when the car's leaving. And if you're not in it, you can be late and you can face the consequences of being late because I'm not going to keep having this fight every single morning. And I did take the phones back away, but what am I doing in this level 10 wrestling, you know, octagon match with a 13 year old about getting to school on time? It's just becoming a dynamic between the two of us when it's really a dynamic between him and his school choices. I feel like there's still boundaries being set, though. How'd that go when you're like, I don't care. I'm, I'm out in the driveway. What happened? It went better. I will say it went better. And I will say now there's a variable here, which is that he is a rule follower and he doesn't want to be late for school and he doesn't want to be in trouble. So I think there are probably kids who would say like, score for me, I'm going back to bed and mom's leaving and isn't she a sucker? But this kid is enough of a rule follower that being late for school was a threat. And I just would say, you know, if you choose to be late, that's your choice. And what about the other kids? Because then you're not taking separate rides to school, right? So is his choice affecting their choice? Well, it kind of worked out that he would go. We end up, it's boring and complicated, our morning schedule, but there are two different trips to school because some kids go early and some kids go late. And so the idea was basically he's early, but if you miss the early ride, he would have to go to the late ride and sign in late at the office. We never really got to... You know, what happens if he misses the late ride? But it did help to just say, this is on you. This is your choice. If you're not ready for the morning ride, you're late, and then you're going to get marked tardy. What the consequence of that is, I don't really understand. And like, if he had pushed that line, what would have been next? I'm not exactly sure. He did fall for, I don't want to be late, and I don't want to start my day in trouble. And so... yeah. That's natural consequences, right? Like he- It was just kind of like, here's the clock. You know where you have to be. I think he missed it once. And then in the afternoon, I said, you don't want to be late again tomorrow, right? Did you get in trouble? Yeah, the teacher yelled at me. I was late. Okay, well, tomorrow, I guess you'll have to make different choices. And it worked. Now, it's not foolproof. I have a thought on why it's that age group that this is particularly useful for. Can we take a break and I'll tell you why? Yes, let's do it. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so it occurs to me, right, when I had like three and four-year-old getting ready for nursery school in the morning, you know, mommy's amazing. Mommy says we have to leave, we have to leave, and maybe they're hard to get their shoes on, but they leave. But when they get to the tween and teen years, and sometimes sooner, depending on your kid and their developmental stage, they want to fight with you. Correct. Like dropping the rope indicates a tug of war, and your kids will go through phases in their lives, and when they're tweens and teens and sometimes sooner when they really want to be in tug of war with you all the time when that's deeply deeply interesting to them so that's when this really comes into play right like your kid would love to have a fight with you in the morning about this because he's got a lot of tween stuff to discharge and mom is so stupid and he's nervous and finals are coming and he's got a lot of angst that he doesn't know what bucket to put in so he puts it in the fire hose into mom's face it's even more specific than like, ah, teens are crazy. You're right. Like he's going through a stressful time and you are the easiest person to fire hose for that, for sure. And that's true in my house too. It's sometimes it's being 17 and sometimes it's like something happened at school you don't even know about. And you, mom, are the person that they're going to fight with. So they really want to fight with you and you have to not engage. That's what dropping the rope is about. I'm getting it. And in looking at dropping the rope and prepping for this episode, a lot of the stuff was marital, right? Like the spat that like the other expression of dropping the rope is it takes two to tango, basically, right? Like, you know, I've seen the memes that are like, you don't have to show up for every fight you're invited to. Right. Like you don't have to always answer the call when and I mean, we have talked about this for a long time on the podcast. And I honestly think I've gotten better through your advice on some of this stuff. I am a bull and like you wave a red flag at me and I'm like, Toro, Toro, Toro. I'm like, put my head down and charge. It was helpful to me in dealing with this and talking about it with you when my kids were littler 
that I don't have to always answer the call to the fight. That to say when the fight starts coming up, listen, here's your two choices or here's your one choice. You can either get in the car on time or you can be late. Those are your two choices and I'm out. And so you figure it out. And even when kids are littler, I think that you can really do a lot of this. It's the old, we put a ask out on Facebook about places where people have dropped the rope and one of them was picky eating. And it's the oldest rule of picky eaters. I just recorded and asked Margaret about what to do when kids won't eat dinner. And one of the fundamental truths of especially little kids is they're only taking in a thousand calories a day. Some kids are not hungry anymore at dinner time. You're getting in a fight with a person who's not hungry about eating. Like that is not sensical, but we've all done it. And part of it is saying to yourself, there's the famous rule, which is child of mine in the book that talks about this. You decide what to serve, child decides what to eat. And those kind of easy rules, what you're saying is get out of the fight. You're not like clawing a kid's mouth open and shoving blueberries in it. You're not, while they spit them out, you're not fighting over the food. You're saying, here's what is available to eat and you can choose whether to eat or not. It occurs to me that dropping the rope also means disengaging from what happens next. Like if you are going to make the decision, you know what, I'm not going to fight with my kid at dinner time every night. That's not like, because while you're looking the other way, they'll probably finish their green beans. See that mom, it worked. It's not to make it work. It's not to get what you want. It's to stop chasing what you want. It's to give up on that outcome as something that you're going to fight for. Just stop and then they, they will eat or not. They might still not eat dinner. It's just you're changing your response. And in so many conversations we've had about anxiety, and the role of the mom and like, oh, well, let it go, mom. But wait a minute. What are your kids doing, mom? Like there seems to be no win in these situations. I do think that the idea of dropping the rope gives you a construct around control and that forcing yourself to look at how much control you have over it and that my screaming in my crazy rage voice at my kid, I don't want to hear another word from you. You get your shoes on. We're going to school. That's a controlling thing for me. I can dominate you and make you do what I want. But it doesn't make either of us feel particularly good. And it probably will get the result. Like I can probably come in hot enough to make sure that he gets to school in time. But it's also a short game. The longer game is mm. you need to take responsibility for this. At this phase of your life, this is your responsibility. And you will face consequences for it if you don't do it. And so my role is not to be, you know, respect my authority and get in the car. My role is to say, this is on you. This is not on me. And what you eat is on you and not on me. And fundamentally, that's where we're all heading, right? You've got a kid in college. You're not making sure he eats his green beans. You're try hopefully saying like, I've introduced you to the concepts of healthy eating and we understand that like we make a wide range of choices, but we usually feel better when we make these kind of choices because the rope is dropping at some point. Amy's rope on her son, it still exists to a certain degree, but it, you've had to drop it, right? Yes. I'm in the very interesting situation of having somebody back under my roof who has lived without parental supervision for nine months and is now back under parental supervision. And it's not it's not bad. Like He's a good kid. We don't fight or anything, but it's different. Like, How do we negotiate these new relationships? And you know what? He's being good. I'm finding myself like giving him a pass on things because I'm so used to him not being there. Like I'm loading the dishwasher while he's sitting there looking at his phone. I'm like, you know what? You load the dishwasher. Then you take out the garbage. Then you walk the dog and he'll do it. But to sort of renegotiate what that looks like. Yeah. 
And it is a process. It is a process of not controlling everything from the time they're two, because you're not going to be controlling it anymore at 18. And I do think parents get such a bad rap in the whole thing. You know, there was a phase, it's passed a little bit, but there was a little while where there was a million stories about like, colleges have to march the parents off campus and the parents are still calling up to check on their kids' grades and like, oh, helicopter over controlling parents. Mm -hmm. But also our generation of parents and even younger than us were kind of told like every thing that anyone ever sees your kid doing is a direct reflection of whether or not you read the right parenting books and did it correctly. And then it's like, oh, you're holding onto the rope too tightly, uptight mom. And it's not easy to navigate this. Yeah, it's not easy. I'd like to navigate for your kid. Like, yeah, they tell you you're being a helicopter parent and then, you know, your kid has a sore throat and they university health thing sent them back to their room and they're really pretty sick and they need to get seen like time for you to push right don't drop that rope and to kind of not care if you're seen as being extra but it's like i'm thinking about when you're dropping the rope the person who's on the receiving side of that because you're doing it during the like ideally we're talking about you're in the conflict and you're mid pull being like what if i did this instead not so you would an actual tug of war Again, you're not doing it. So like, then they're going to fall and then they're going to drop the rope and now they'll see, you know, it's not to do, it's for yourself. I'm trying to think about times when I have been in conflict with my kid and sort of midstream, it's really hard to do. I've just sort of said like, okay, all right, we can do it later. Yeah. It arrests the other person. You just, like, if you really mean it, you're not doing it to be manipulative. You're doing it because you're like, you're catching yourself overreacting. It does stop the other person. They're sort of like, wait, what? It's a good reset. Yeah, I think it is a good reset. And I think it can be, I mean, it took probably three days of miserable mornings for me to find this reset with my kid. And I think that's right. It's very hard to do once you're in it. I think it's something to think about once you're out of it after a bad day, you know, like where are my kids and I, or my spouse and I even getting into tugs of war where the second I see that person pick up their side of the rope, I pick up my side and we just go for it. And like that while you're doing a tug of war to say like, I'm out, rare, difficult to pull off and maybe not even that effective. But I do think that you can look at, I have a child now who is choosing some fashion and self-presentation choices that I'm finding somewhat challenging. And I gave it some thought. And do you think that kid is doing it to be provocative? I don't know the answer to that. Maybe a little. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's really funny because I was a kid who was very, my mother was very proper and my presentation was very upsetting to her in terms of like, I was Madonna, I was 80s. I would cut the necks out of every t-shirt from Elba. So they would slip off and show my bra. Like that was the look. Perfectly nice t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. And so she would give me t-shirts to be like, don't cut these ones up. This was a nice t-shirt. You know, dyeing my hair, piercing. I would pierce the top of my ears and put a safety pin in. I mean, I thought it was real cool. You know, I thought it was a huge rebel. But it really, really bothered my mom. To be fair, I think she thought it was a sign of like, I think there are kids who, let's say, let me think of an example. I think there are people who get like vast amounts of tattoos to express some sort of turmoil or trauma that they are processing. Mm -hmm. Countercultural points of view. Yeah. Well, I think that there can be a, a version of that that is a sign of some sort of internal pain that people are having. Okay. And then I think there is a version of it that is fashion. And so I think that my mom, to her credit, 
was worried that some of the things I was doing was a presentation of a bad feeling. Whereas I think it was really just me being a dopey, like, I think I'm cool kid. Right. And so, yes, my child who is doing their own presentation. And it, I mean, my siblings are just cracking up at me because they're like, oh, my God, you are. It is the chickens coming home to roost. Like you reap what you sow. Yeah. I always was like, I'm so cool. And now my kid's doing it. And I'm like, oh, really? This look, <laughs> it's a lot for me. But I think that's an easy example where I took a step back and I did some mental calculations around it. And I thought about what parts of it were bothering me and why. And I thought about whether those things were legit. And then I realized they were not. And I basically came out to, you can look however you want. That's fine with me. Although, is it 100% fine with me? I don't know. I mean, I'm getting there, but it's not 100% fine with me. I would prefer this child look different than they look because of my own personal aesthetic tastes. That's dropping the rope though, right? Dropping the rope isn't, I don't care about this stuff anymore. Right. Never did. I don't care what my kid's hair looks like, or I've decided I'm not going to care. It's, I care, and this is something I'm just going to put down. Back pat to you, Margaret. Thank you. I mean, it's funny what challenges you, because I think that, you know, our parenting generation was kind of like, we're not squares like our parents. We're going to be cool. Look at my kid. He wears a, you know, uh, Rolling Stones t-shirt. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's not it, though. Like, wait, it, they'll find ways to actually challenge you, and it will be more challenging than just like, oh, my kid has a wacky sense of style. They wear a tutu with an army jacket. Like there are things that are a little more challenging than that. And I do think that no rope tugging is a problem. You don't always want the line to be slack, right? You have to find a lot of times to like wrestle it out. For sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's figure out when you are supposed to keep pulling. All right. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. 
Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. And now we recommend dropping the rope unless from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Drop the rope on forcing your kids to try to use the potty. Unless you're about to embark on a road trip. In that case, force them and then force them again, even when they tell you they don't have to go, or you will end up with kids peeing off the side of Highway 9 while you regret all of your life choices. Drop the rope on letting them watch TV. Unless they're trying to watch like their hundredth viewing of Paw Patrol near you while you finally settle down to relax with a glass of Chardonnay, then it is fully reasonable to enforce all family silent reading time. Drop the rope on planning for summer activities. Unless those activities involve shipping them off to grandma's or sleepaway camp so you can finally catch up on Love Island in peace. In that case, lean in. Drop the rope on overseeing your kids' sleep schedules. Unless you haven't seen them by like dinner time, I guess, then you should probably, you know, make sure they're still at home and nudge them a little bit. Drop the rope on making Pinterest-worthy meals for your kids. School's out, people. No one is judging your lunch choices. Let the pizza rolls fly. This has been We Recommend Dropping the Rope Unless from the What Fresh Hell podcast. All right. When are we supposed to keep pulling? Can you tell me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought you were going to tell me. Well, I do think that having kids, we talk sometimes about an expression that my mom used to use that I think of all the time, boundary seeking behaviors, that kids like a wall. They like to feel contained. Like what is a straight jacket? Like a straight jacket is something that it's like a thunder shirt for a dog. Like weighted blanket. Wrapping a baby very tightly in a swaddle. There is a reason why containment feels safe and good because you don't want to feel the feeling of feeling out of control. Don't put your kids in straight jackets. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Or thunder jackets. Those are for dogs. Uh, don't swaddle 12 year olds. But like weighted blankets and stuff. I mean, I think the feeling of being like held and contained is important for kids. Yeah. And then under that rule, that would be why a mother would respond like, okay, my kid is putting a safety pin in her upper ear to look for the boundary found. Here it is. Right. Do not do this. That that is the appropriate response, you know, with that mindset, right? That I have to show the kid, nope, that is not allowed in my house. So then you're like, okay, fine. I guess I'll just pierce it twice down here. Right. And a 12 year old who won't go to school is out of line, is out of the boundary. So if you find yourself in the morning saying, if you don't go, you're going to be late. And the kid says, I don't care and stays home from school you've got a bigger problem. Like there's a lip, probably too much slack in that line, right? Right. Now nobody's pulling, right? Right. And so I think there's a difference between understanding what boundary seeking behaviors are. Kids want to be told no. They want to be told that's out of bounds. And my mom would always argue, and I think it's probably true, that like you want to set your boundaries tighter than you actually care about because kids want to feel the feeling of going outside of your boundaries, Right. 
Right. And so that if you have a curfew that they break, then there are consequences. Like that's a good experience because, okay, you went outside the lines, but I think people have the experience and, you know, we've talked about in our episode, Why Is My Child in Charge?, which was a fresh take that we can link to, that there are times where like there's way too much slack in the rope, like nobody's kind of in charge. And so it is always finding that balance, right? Because you want to be engaged and being the boundary for your kids in ways that are meaningful and important, but you don't want to be jumping into every tango, which I sometimes do. Mm hmm. So my kid had, at the end of the school year, a minor concussion. And before the school year ended, just this past month, had to, you know, ask for extensions on some assignments from teachers. I wanted it to come from my kid, not from me. You know, like, instead of, here's, like, here's mommy doing stuff, even though my kid, you know, needed assistance with this. So the idea was, we'll sign in, you know, to the email. You dictate what you want me to say, because you're not supposed to be looking at screens. I will send out these emails to these teachers asking for what you need. And anyway, it just turned into this whole, like, that's not what I said. And they and just oh, really, this kid was just throwing all kinds of bones in every direction for me to chase, that I wasn't doing it right. You're not listening because you never listen and you always make things harder. And like, and I really just wanted to get these three emails done so I could move on with my day. And instead, it's like 15 minutes of why are you like this. That's a time to drop the rope. That was an unproductive fight. And what happened instead was I just sent the emails, you know, myself, because it was stupid for me to be like, I'll pretend I'm you, but you dictate. But then it, had, it just was like I had set up the silly thing that we were fighting about. It was not a fight worth having. I feel like we're saying two things. So I want to underline that. One is the infight where you're like, this isn't working. Let me get out of this. Let me walk away. Let me drop the rope and walk away. And then I was saying like, oh, you can't drop it mid tug. Yes, you can. That's a good example of like, I'm dropping the rope and walking away. And then the other one is looking at like bigger examples and saying, in general, I want to stop having this fight about getting up and getting to school every morning. So there's two examples, and I think they're both sort of useful. And going back to our Facebook page, Mickey was talking about fighting over junk food, and she had a really simple solution, I think, that's a good example of this. I'll buy junk food, cookies, pastries, chips on the first of the month. That's all they get for the month. If they eat it in a week, that's all the junk food they get. Oh, well, not anymore until next month. It puts the power in their hands and I don't have to say no every single time or gatekeep food. And I think that is a good example of like- Really good example. Solving the big problem. Jeanette says, I love this idea. Melanie says, this is smart. Like, where can you take yourself out of the tug of war and make it, you know, okay, here's the overall- thing. You need to be in school on time. You can only eat this much food in a month. And then you're not every single time you're at the grocery store like, but I really want, but I this, but I can you get me in this and that, you know? And I think that's a good example of like making a decision about a fight you're not going to be in the center of. And the kids understand that, right? It isn't you explained, I imagine, the new rule, right? Like that you didn't let them finish it and then tell them it's they have to wait till next month. You set it up ahead of time and then they can rail at the heavens all they want, but that's the way it is. I love that example. And I'm having that now as I have a kid who's starting to head into high school where it is a lot of like emailing back and forth with teachers, but he never did that in middle school. So we're starting to do that in the summer to get ready for next year and choose courses or whatever it happens to be. And 
I'm a little bit in the middle, but I'm trying to watch my role. So I say, see, see me on the emails. And then when I see the email come in, and then I see a second email come in saying, I emailed you and you never got back to me, then I will say, you have to sit down at some point today and reply to that. And then I try not to get involved. But it's like, you have to find the way to keep backing out of the situation And that's right. Sometimes it may just be like, I'm going to write back. I'm going to write the email, whatever situation comes out. But I think what I'm figuring out in this conversation is thinking of situations in terms of like, what is my role? Is my role productive? Mm. And is my role making everyone happier or more miserable? And then based on those criteria, where can I change and lessen my role? as being in the center of the fight. I like that. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, people talked on the Facebook group too about micromanaging schooling. This is a hard one, right? Like trusting them and only reviewing grades once a quarter, staying out of the portal every five seconds and not, you know, I mean, my kids are in middle school. The stakes are pretty low. I don't worry about grades at all. And then if there's a problem, we fix it. But I know in high school, right, your experience, like you kind of, got to be a little bit more dialed in because if stuff slips far, then it's sort of like, yikes. Yeah. So this was my kid. It's his junior year of high school. It's his grades. It's his final exams. Like, unfortunately, those do matter, right? It's a not low stakes thing in the large scheme of what he does next. But it was still a place where I needed to drop the rope. We don't just drop the rope when it's not important. Sometimes we drop the rope when it is important. It's too important to get caught in like, you're a dummy and so are you, I guess. <laughs> You're a dummy, and so are you. I wasn't my highest self. Let's just put it that way. But I did drop the rope. No, and I think even high stakes things. And I think that's a good point. Like people are managing kids' medications, right? People are managing kids' friendships that they may not feel great about. I mean, these are the high stakes issues of. Well, I see you being part of a group of kids that is influencing you in ways that I don't like. Right. Now, I don't have a lot of control over that, but I'm also not totally willing to drop the rope and be like, hey, Sarah, Sarah, I guess, you know. Right, 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 right. And so, yeah, this is where it gets really sticky. I think the ones that are easier, how our children choose to dress, how they eat outside of basically having fundamental nutrition, you know, whether or not their rooms are clean. Like, okay, we know the things we can basically let go of, right? But I do think it's a question of assessing the two things that we've identified. One, you're in the moment and you're having an argument with one of your kids or with your spouse that is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. That it's okay to be like, this is a tug of war. Let me think about this metaphor and let me in this moment choose the better path, which is to say the stakes of this exact moment are not important enough. I'm just going to write the email myself rather than sitting here and trying to do this crazy transcription thing that I've figured out. Mm -hmm. Or I don't trust you as an eighth grader to actually be signed up for the courses if I'm not slightly involved. So I'm going to choose this CC path, whatever it is. And then there are the bigger picture things of why are we starting our morning every single morning with screaming and tears? I got to stop that for my own mental health. I want that to stop. Right. Lowering the temperature for its own reasons. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm going to mix our metaphors, but I'm going to 
keep the boundary, but drop the rope sometimes, right? I'm going to say like going to school on time is not a negotiable. If I need to work with the school and say, hey, if my kid's late three times, would you keep him for detention after school? He really doesn't like that. Like finding the boundary that the kid is going to hit, but not doing the tug of war every single morning at 6 a.m. and figuring out a way to say, hey, this is on you. And I think we've talked about this with littler kids in terms of like, here are your two choices. You can take a bath now or you can take a bath in an hour. Or you can get in the bath yourself, or I can pick you up and put you in the bath. Those are your two choices. And Mm -hmm. getting out of negotiation, and I think it's the image of the tug of war, we know it when we're in it, right? And it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And there are some workarounds and some ways out of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible. It's a reset in the moment. But you're right. Sometimes there's you're dropping the rope, but the boundary is still there. I'm still going to keep you safe, child of mine. I'm just not going to try to win the argument of no, 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 you have to respect me in this house at all times, right? I'm maybe not going to have that fight right now. You can do that and still have boundaries to keep your kids safe. They're not the same thing. Right. And I would say one thing that you said earlier that I want to highlight and that I said earlier, but I wasn't thinking about it in these terms. Your child often has a reason to be in the fight that you don't have. Mm. Your child wants to express frustration with their life, frustration with still having a mom, even though they're too big to be told what to do. Like your teen is doing that. My tweens are doing that, right? They have a reason to be in the fight. And so it's like the old expression, don't you don't wrestle with a pig because you both get dirty and the pig likes it. Like the pig <laughs> likes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you don't get into a wrestling match with a pig because one of you is doing it because it's important to them and you're just covering yourself in mud and making yourself smell bad. And so I think that what we've come to, Amy, as we declare solved it, yes. is that know when it's wrestling a pig and know when it's like, okay, pig, here's your boundaries. And I'm walking away from this mud pile and I'm not getting in it. I'm dropping the rope. We have so many different metaphors going on in this podcast, but that's what we like to do. We like to mix metaphors. So the pig has a rope, but there's mud. I mean, y'all know what we're saying. We solved it. Let's be honest. You still solved it. I wanted to give a shout out to our bookshop store. Some people in the Facebook page are very excited about it. Like, we didn't know you guys had a bookshop store. I guess that's on us because we do. (laughs) We have a bookshop store where you can find every guest we've ever had on the show. Plus, just some books that we like that some are parenting and some are not. Just books that each of us like. And that's bookshop.org slash shop slash what fresh hell cast. And when you buy books there, it supports independent bookstores. Yes, it's not a mega retailer who shall remain nameless. And with that, drop the rope when it helps. Pick it up when you need to. And have a great week, friends. Talk to you next week. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. 
there are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent. And I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first time or second time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.